I will be sharing smaller and bigger things from my personal journey to you because I believe what is personal is universal. So as you know guys, I will be inviting more and more speakers into my podcast and today's episode is going to be very special because I will be inviting my best friend who is the complete opposite of me, I think. Or maybe we're just the same person. We just happen to be working on different industry because my best friend, she is working as choreographer, singer, dancer, many creative things. And her name is also Ayu and we also share the same zodiac sign. We're both Tauruses. <laughs> her name is Ayu Gurnita and maybe you've heard of her. She is one of the main dancers in the ever viral Lati video. So this is going to be an exciting talk. She has many uh, experience in the showbiz industry. And I think she is just an inspiring person that I've ever met. So I want to introduce her to you, my listeners. So yeah, I hope that you will enjoy my conversation with Ayugurnita. And let's hear it. Hello listeners! Hi! Now I'm with a very special guest for today. She shares the same first name as me. <laughs> Share the zodiac, <laughs> same zodiac as me and she's uh, someone that I'm proud to call my best friend. Her name is Ayu Gurnita. Hi Ayu! How are you today? Hi everyone! Hi Ayu! <laughs> we will keep calling each other's Ayu so please guys uh, do not be confused yeah. by uh, our voices, yeah. We <laughs> actually have a different type of voice, so you can different. Iug and Ium. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so for this particular episode, I want to invite Iu over because I think her story of you know like uh, entertainment career is very inspiring. So Ayu is actually my uh, friend from college, and then we we studied in Malaysia, and we got our first job in Malaysia. So I think pretty much we stayed for thick and thin in Malaysia, right? For sure. <laughs> Only had each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got each other's back, and you know, as you know, uh, Ayuji is a performer, and she is a dancer, choreographer. She is also a singer, and she is part of the first batch of Indonesia Menuju Broadway. So yeah, I will have many questions uh, for Ayu. Actually, I know her personally. I just want to introduce you <laughs> to the listeners. <laughs> so yeah, you can. Uh, I'm looking forward to share Ayu's journey in this podcast. And not only that, she's a part of the first batch of Indonesia Menuju Broadway. She is also known to be one of the dancers in the viral Flappy video. <laughs> okay. Before I talk for so long, Ayu, could you please introduce yourself? Maybe you can tell something that I don't know <laughs> to the listener. <laughs> what, you, what don't you know? <laughs> yeah, I well, think I know mostly everything. <laughs> yes. Well, first yeah. of all, thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. This is very exciting. Mm. This is the first ever podcast interview. And uh, I'm really happy for you because you started this uh, podcast by yourself. Uh, okay, so uh, thank you for the introduction, but um, 
maybe to start off, uh, I would tell my my full name. My name is Nima De Ayurar Sinigurnita. Yes, it's pretty long. And if you're Indonesian, <laughs> you probably know that I'm Balinese by race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mom and dad yeah. are from Bali, but I was born in Jakarta and raised around the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a so third- which countries you've been living yeah, well, my dad uh, has been working for the foreign the foreign affairs department, which uh, led him to stay uh, up, uh, which led him being posted outside Indonesia for mm-hmm. the Indonesian embassy, let's say. And uh, we've been in Argentina, we've been in Bulgaria, which is somewhere in Europe, uh, Vietnam, yep. and other places. Yeah, so every four years we will move around four years abroad, four years in Indonesia, and again the same cycle. And uh, oh. I have a younger brother and I have an older brother. So I'm the only girl in the family, stuck in the middle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> yeah, I think you pretty much uh, tell about your birth story. <laughs> tell <laughs> yeah. me about, you know, how, how is it like being a performer? I'm asking this question specifically because I am surrounded by people who have like different set of career, like nine to five desk job, but your career is very much different. Yeah. And I think it's such an inspiring story to tell. So tell me how does it feel to be able to work your independence and doing your own passion? All right. Before I go into that question, mm-hmm. like I, as I said, uh, moving around a lot growing up um Mm -hmm. i felt like um arts has always been my escape it has always been my second home Mm -hmm. whenever i have to you Mm -hmm. know move around and not know any friends or have to uh, Mm. get to know other cultures but you know um whatever happens around me arts has always been my safe zone um and so but again, having uh, traditional parents, like I think you have to, mm-hmm. and most of us do. Yeah, everybody has <laughs> where, boomer parents, you know. <laughs> yeah, where education always comes first and, you know, mm-hmm. they have certain expectations of you. So I always uh, have, I always kept up with my academic side while mm-hmm. still doing mm-hmm. arts at the side in whatever form it is. It could it could be me being ballet or me playing piano, me being show choirs or marching band or whatever. I always love all these different types of arts. I love painting. I love everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, even after um, going to college and working, I still mm-hmm. still try to balance both of those worlds, which are different uh you know i mm-hmm. still work from nine to five and still do my arts afterwards um and and um i guess i i guess after working for a few years uh that's when i started to realize that you know you you i i didn't no matter how no it doesn't matter if i've reached all the goals that i have in my checklist like you know by mm-hmm. 25 i have to be uh this, 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 I have to have that, 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 and mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. but it still didn't give me that sense of fulfillment from inside, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean, I think most of us do, and um, yeah. that's when I really, you know, started to consider changing careers, career mm-hmm. path, 
um, mm-hmm. which is very nerve-wracking, obviously, because mm-hmm. uh, it contradicts with everything yeah. <laughs> that you've set your mind into for the past 25, 26 years of your life. And it yeah. contradicts with everything that everyone told you that you have to do. Um, mm-hmm. And But yeah, thankfully, I... I I managed to build up the courage to just you know take the punch and just mm. go with it because you know yellow. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think like by far you are the most consistent friend I've ever had. You know, you're very, you know, seriously. Like I I, I get it. I, I write as well, but sometimes like I feel like I am not hundred uh, percent. You know, giving myself to the poetry. A career or like writing career yeah I write but I'm still tied mm. into an agency it's still an office work so yeah there is something that is I think very brave and uh, very courageous of you and not many people are uh, you know brave enough to do it like I said brave so many times <laughs> <laughs> but yeah because um, it's really mm-hmm. it's really ironic because I don't really consider myself as a brave person because I mean I have to it takes me a long time to like mm-hmm. feel courage but then I, I understand what you're saying because but uh, yeah. for me my mindset at that time was like I was doing good at both I was doing good at my, uh-huh. uh, desk job I was doing good at my uh, site acti- art activities but then none of them uh-huh. were doing great you know because you have to uh-huh. be 50% energy to that and the other 50% to the other to the to the other yeah. and so I was like I'm so done separating myself and because I my last job was working as a producer at a production house and you yeah. know, mm-hmm. managing the time it's so hard and whenever I don't get the time to do the things that I love to do well, uh, like mm-hmm. whenever I have to like go on a month-long production process and I don't get to do my dance or my singing and stuff I would be so frustrated <laughs> I was like yeah oh I get it I get it yeah. a lot yeah and so uh, just like you know I'm I'm still young now and I'm and probably I won't have this much energy or bravery when I'm 35 or 40, you know. So yes. might as well try it now. It's like for me it's just like yeah. you know what you now or never. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it is true like like this is the best time like people people say that I uh, wait for your passion to grow but actually like the moment it's never like about always waiting right it's like your your gut you know like your you jump or you don't jump right yes honestly you'll, you'll never yeah. be ready for anything you'll never be ready because that's what it's i've been true. doing <laughs> I, i think at 20 yeah. I'm, like, i'm not ready yet just keep practicing first and then at 25 i was like mm-hmm. no, i'm not no, i'm not ready yet i still have to you know and then i'm just like done waiting just do it <laughs> <laughs> well actually like this podcast is one of the product of like jump or no jump because you know because of the I, I get it like you're missing to perform I mean especially during the pandemic you cannot you know you have to social uh, to do social distancing but uh, thankfully you can still perform yeah within the regulation of uh, social dis- distancing protocol but yeah. before like I, I guess we feel that especially in the times of pandemic Uh, well, I run a poetry community that holds open mic. And because of this pandemic going on, I couldn't, you know, express myself fully. You know, there are some several open mics online. But, you know, uh, for me, that's not even enough to and 
I didn't even participate because at times I feel like I got some writer's block and stuff. And then, yeah, yeah, it turns out, you know, like, but I really need to speak. And then I do not want to speak in the language of poetry anymore. I just want to speak my man. I want to speak to a real person. So that is why I first I did the IG live stream. I don't know if you ever watch it, but it was just like me just random randomly talking about shit <laughs> you know that like i find relevant and then until yeah until one moment my friend uh, just messaged me are you why don't you start a podcast and then at the same the same day actually like, i just go and then find how to make podcasts and here we are you know <laughs> or a podcast yeah but yeah I, yeah but you know this is just Still a fun project. I don't know if it will take uh, take off as a career or well, what. But certainly, you hmm? never know. You'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> never know. But certainly, yeah, you know, we're going to talk problem. about you, though. <laughs> this episode is about you, girl. Okay. So, so you know, going, I, back, going back to the question that you were asking me, hmm, like you asked mm-hmm. me, what is it like to be a performer now, right? Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I've been uh, telling you how I've come to this point. So after taking the plunge, it was, um, I, would, I would say it was very gray at first. And mm-hmm. I expected it to be gray because in this industry, there's no there's no certain uh, ladder that you have to climb. There's no certain mm-hmm. path that's like, okay, you have to go to A and then B and then C and then D. No, it's yep, really... Yep have to figure out your own way what what do you want to be or, or, or do you want to be a teacher do you want to be a performer do you want to be a show director what what, what is it that you want to be? Mm. for me it really started off very humbly as teaching as uh, as a teacher and at one studio and even up until that point i've never taught anyone <laughs> i've never had teaching mm. i mean a part of me being uh uh, the leader at my marching band or whatever. I mean, that's more on like mm-hmm. more leadership leadership side, even though, yes, I did train some other people that never had like a teaching uh, experience. So I really had mm-hmm. to figure out a way how to teach. And then from one class for a month and then, then I only got another offer for another class and then another class. And mm-hmm. yeah, it really started really humbly. And then, uh, and then I only got uh, opportunity for to perform here and there. Um, so yeah, it's really it's you really have to be. The thing is, up until then, what I like to do was just mm-hmm. a hobby, you know. But now the challenge mm-hmm. was how to make. If you don't know the business of your hobby, you can't make it a career. You get what I mean? You, I had to mm-hmm. learn. Yeah. Industry to to know how to make a living out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first year was really very much about figuring that out. Uh, and mm-hmm. then towards the second year, I think I was very let's I could say that I was already financially stable. I could make uh mm-hmm. Profit as much as how I was doing with my during my nine to five job, which is not quite an achievement. I didn't expect to be able to do that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever it is, 
uh, I mean, but the dif- the biggest difference that's that it's making in my life is that you know when when I was doing my nine to five job, I just mm-hmm. I never really looked forward for the next day. Like you're not, you don't wake up excited. You don't like uh, mm-hmm. oh I'm so excited to do this. I can't wait to do this 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 and this. And you don't you don't wake up excited and you don't sleep with a smile on your face. You know like oh yes I've done. Yeah. They, they will get me to the point where I want to be. And so even though this no. performer, uh, this performing arts journey is way harder, but it never really fails to put a smile on my face or t- never fails to get me excited for the next day. That's that's what's the biggest difference for me is. Mm, okay. So I guess you can tell like dancing is really is your passion compared to the desk job that, you know, you wake up and then it feels like a routine. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think we're, we're like, <laughs> I like to think like people of our kind is kind of like special people. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying this out of like ego or vanity, but it is true. Like, I heard so many a story that, you know, people trying to navigate their passion and end up with something great because they follow their hearts. And I'm actually very happy that you follow your heart and then it, you know, you experience something great from it. Um, so yeah, let's talk about those great experience, maybe. <laughs> so I mentioned before that you are one of the first batch member of Indonesia Menunju Broadway. Yeah. And I, actually, I witnessed like the process. It was kind of like American Idol, uh, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, when your name was, you know, you perform and then they announced the winner that will go to New York. I mean, New York has been your biggest dream. You, you tried to go before, but... Yeah. Uh, for some reason oh, yes. it failed but then like that was the Indonesia Manuju Broadway seemed to be the perfect moment that was your chance yeah. and then when your name was announced on stage like I've, I also felt the uh, the rush the excitement oh. but how does it feel can you speak from your experience <laughs> how does it feel and then maybe the process uh, of course like, it is challenging maybe you can Uh, tell us from how you are getting quarantine to um, not COVID quarantine. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's a different kind of quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the process. Can you tell us? And what happened in New York? So uh, before that, uh, I when I started working in KL, almost around the same time, mm-hmm. I did uh, my nine to five job. And during the nighttime, I would join this called uh, Broadway Asia. It's a uh, it's a mm-hmm. it's a com- it's a performing arts company where I did show choir and choir and singing and performing and stuff. So uh, at that time we were, we had this uh, a chance to go to New York and to perform at this sort of event. So we practiced for about a year and a half, and uh, we got sponsors from company A and company B. I don't want to name names, <laughs> and. Long story short, the day that we were supposed to leave to the airport, I got a call. I already put my baggage in the car and I got a call that, mm. oh, you, you don't need to go to the airport. And I was like, wait, wait, why? Uh, we're not going. And I was like, what? We're not going? Are you? Is this a prank call? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you're just when you're that close and uh, and yeah. It, The, your dreams didn't happen. It really crushed crushes you. Mm. Yeah. 
later on I found out that they have problems with sponsorships and stuff but still you know mm. so uh, yeah. so after that I I kind of quit uh, it's not that I quit but I kind of stopped uh, doing Broadway stuff afterwards and then it was only after when I took on the when I resigned from my desk job few years now I think it was six years mm-hmm. later five years later um, that's when I started to go on to musicals again at that point I did I tried maybe because I was very disappointed I started to not do a lot of musical stuff afterwards mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. until I uh, came back to Indonesia and then uh, really stopped working full-time for like for real that's mm-hmm. when I started to you know what maybe I should try again and then I started auditioning for musicals and I remember uh, um, and then from there I got into a few musicals uh, some were non-profit which means as in like it's not non-profit I mean like you don't get paid for it you just perform and but then afterwards musicals then I got a chance to perform at a proper one where you do get uh, compensated for your performance and then um i came about to know this indonesian Pro- broadway program from uh, a senior of mine um she knew about the audition and at first i was like ah and she's like yeah there's this audition and if you win uh you get to go to new york and study there for a while i'm like oh wow okay and, and in my heart i was still yeah. half like half traumatized from the previous experience mm-hmm. you know because you were like i was so excited to go there before and i didn't want that dream to crush again if if i mm-hmm. didn't make it but then yeah last minute i almost really didn't go for the audition but um last minute i was like you know what i have nothing to lose and just try and then i went for the audition uh and uh thankfully i made it to top 70 i think at the time yeah from few hundred people yeah. they picked top 70 top 70 people we had to attend this uh week full week a full week of quarantine where they really intensively put us through um courses where you learn to sing and dance and act from professionals from new york who flew here to jakarta and then mm. uh, that uh intensive quarantine will end up with uh, having a performance at the end where you did watch me. Actually, guys, she was the yeah. only one who watched me. Oh, no, no, actually, there was another friend. Uh, yeah. There was, there. there was another friend. Mafia, whoever. I remember there was your... Um, she was a performer, too, your friend, yeah, yeah, who went yeah, with yeah. me. She's yeah, a performer yeah. from your last production, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Production, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really I I don't know I I just it was it was so exhausting that week the whole week you have to like wake up like five in the morning and you got you get back to your mm-hmm. home at like seven or eight at night and then you still have to do your homework you know you have to memorize all these lyrics and stuff and dance and then so so by the time we got to the final performance I was just like you know I just want to do a good job. And I, I didn't even think about mm-hmm. whether I would or not. I was just like, you know, I just want to give my best. And 
yeah uh real that you know, my name was called among the top 16 mm-hmm. and yeah <laughs> and now and you flew uh, uh, flew to new york when when did you uh, fly to new york i think two months after winning that competition uh, mm. uh oh man I, I, i'm sorry when when they got my name i really didn't know how to feel i think i was just in shock but it was the moment when we took all those pictures and whatnot and then you came to hug me that was the moment where we yeah. both cried freaking <laughs> face i was like hugging yeah. you yeah it was so crazy yeah. oh my god yeah that was... i think because you've seen my journey i mean you're one of the people who have seen my journey and just having you there to witness that moment was so precious for me and i think that's why i could let it all out and just cry <laughs> until my fault i it was like fell down <laughs> it's like one of those yeah it was like american idol moment and then we went to eat at the uh what the fried chicken chicken run or not chicken run the burger place flip burger. in senopati yeah, yeah flip burger. <laughs> yeah that was so awesome I, i like seriously we may share the first name and the same zodiac but i am not as you know as you know lentur as you i'm not as flexible in dancing so i think <laughs> That's what always. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but before Indonesia menuju Broadway, you were in a some kind of like a show type of business before in Malaysia, right? You were part of the the band. Could you tell uh, us a bit about the band, your your journey? Oh yeah, sure. So, um, well, I was still working full time in KL. Uh, I had. I had this friend of mine who works at a TV TV production, and he's like, mm-hmm. there's this uh, TV show competition, and it's open for Malaysian, Indonesian, uh, Singaporean, mm-hmm. Brunei people. And uh, but uh, do you want to do it? And I was like, of course. And it's like, uh, but the audition is tomorrow. I was like, oh, tomorrow? Well, I'm not prepared. Well, well, but then okay, <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll do it. And then. Yeah, I just went for the audition not knowing anything about the show. I just just went mm-hmm. on and whatever they asked me to do, I just did it. I didn't know anyone there. Mm-hmm. And then uh and then I got through the audition and I was like, "Okay, you got into audition." Maybe because I was also one of the few Indonesian people who audition and so they just like, mm-hmm. "You know, let just let this Indonesian girl move through." <laughs> But then the the other tricky part after that is like Oh, you have to be quarantined after this for like few months, uh, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I have a full time job, but sure, I'll quit my job. <laughs> you know, <because laughs> I can't take a three month leave. Uh, so the next day, I just like, no, the, the, after that at night, I texted my boss and was like, boss, I need to see you tomorrow morning. I have to talk something very, very important with you. And then my boss was important. like, oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm at this old town white coffee place, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I got into this show from Astro. Astro is the the TV uh, channel, and yeah, TV I, station. Yeah, yeah. I need to be quarantined, so you know, I I think I need to quit. And she was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like, 
something she didn't expect yeah. maybe she was or maybe i was about, uh, about to ask me about race or something wow. you know maybe she will move to her company no but you will be in a show but then she knew she knew about my that aside from work i was yeah. still doing all this stuff so it's not like she was in a what is this girl doing but she knew mm-hmm. that i love doing this kind of stuff so she was like um she's like okay fine and good luck whatever so yeah after after seeing my boss i packed my bags and just straight away went to the quarantine and and um you know i really felt uh, intimidated at first because you know i was the only indonesian girl there apart from there's this another indonesian mm-hmm. guy there my talent mm-hmm. and uh, most of them spoke in malayu and i couldn't speak in malayu Now I can. Mm. Sekarang Actually, I want to dedicate like an episode talking about the difference between Bahasa Melayu and Bahasa Indonesia because people likes to exchange it casually. They're not the same people. Now you hear it. Different. You hear me, listener. <laughs> yeah, it's very different. So yeah. So okay, back to your band back story. To- so yeah, continue. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean. They're all the contestants. They're like pretty and tall and like shining, shimmering, splendid. But you're also pretty. Yeah, but what are you, you saying? Know, you're so pretty. They're like model pretty. <laughs> I'm like pretty in the normal standard Asian sense, but there are like some really pretty girls there. Yeah, and you know because mm, the TV like, show is about forming a girl band and a boy band, and then you know you yeah. have that concept in your head and that perception that oh you have to be thin mm. and tall and pretty and i'm just like i'm not all that but you know what i'm just gonna work hard every day and just do my best and i didn't honestly i wow. had no expectation of winning no i was like oh, mm-hmm. i have to win i have to win whatever it is i have to win no i didn't have that mindset at all my mindset was just like you know just always show up on time always do your homework always mm-hmm. do more than what they expect you to do so that's what i did mm. and uh again <laughs> only god i mean i so god is just um fair in that i'm not fair it's just in that sense and he i didn't expect it but i won and mm. yeah i guess that was one of the in one of the memorable experiences that i have in terms of in terms of external validation if that makes sense because every performance for me no matter what i'm doing is very fulfilling mm-hmm. internally for myself mm-hmm. in kind of ways mm-hmm. but that show kind of gave me that boost of confidence that oh mm-hmm. maybe yeah i can do this for for real for like mm-hmm. for my for a living You know, and I guess my dad flew all the way from Indonesia, or is he flew from Indonesia or Vietnam? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he came watch you. Yeah, to watch the final show, and he watched me win. So I thought that oh, finally, my dad can be like, yeah, you go, girl. Do <laughs> no need to, no need to. What so... I told you, to, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, so that was the moment when you finally earn the respect of the parents, and then they let go of the expectation that you know, children they need to, you know, get a good grades, graduate, get a good job, you know, all that normative kind of lifestyle. Yeah, 
So that must be very fulfilling to you. And then, well, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not real, like you know things like the band one and then things like mm. Indonesia menuju Broadway where again, I want I I yes, I they are fulfilling, but I just feel like that's just Mm, it's it's like those are those are the fruits of of the unseen hard work that I've done. Like nobody sees mm. you singing every day in your room. Nobody sees you working out or practicing your dance move day to day in your room. You know, but those chances and or those stages gave me that. Uh, uh, oh. Ini loh hasilnya, you know? <laughs> yeah, which Yeah, yeah. Good. I think yeah, it's part of like the good karma that you put into yourself and then it becomes something, you know, that you can harvest in the future and that is that turns out to be good. And I completely agree, you know, with that kind of thinking. We we should you know, um put good karma into ourselves if we want something and we better you know motivate ourselves to do it instead of just like just dream it because i'm i think you're one of the example uh that you know you actually go for what you want and then you don't you're not you're not even like you you you're not uh hard on yourself because you know you keep on telling yourself that okay uh, i'm just going to do my best uh no matter how look how it looks at least i tried and i put my best into it Yeah. So yeah, the next um for the next question, maybe I want to pick your brain. I want to know your secret because you're such a very you have such a very vibrant and positive personality to me. <laughs> I I kind of feel sometimes I'm your opposite. Sometimes <laughs> I can be very overthinking and I I can be very like, you know, like yeah, I'm very, I'm very much um what you call it? Yeah, I have that side of me. Sometimes I can be also positive and lively, but at some at most times maybe I, I can be quite overthinking. So, uh could you tell me what are the efforts that you take to maintain your level of energy uh that will be useful for your career or like your mood throughout the day? What are the measures that you take every day uh mm. to be active and fit mm. and you know mostly how do you take care of your physical and mental health? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> certain people. I've, I, I, I mean, I, I understand a lot of people have said this to me as well. That oh, you're so positive, you're so vibrant. But don't get wrong. I, I also have. <laughs> I have my down spirals. I have my anxiety attacks. I have my down yeah. moments. But um, I guess as uh, I grew older, uh, I do consciously try to take effort to to do things that would help me maintain that energy such as um you know i journal a lot uh, because I, mm-hmm. i i also overthink but by doing journaling i it really helps me to uh put down my thoughts into the paper you know when you see your thoughts on paper it makes more sense to you Whereas when it's just inside mm. your brain, you just like, it's, you don't, there's just too many thoughts. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I journal a lot. I've been trying to, uh, I've, uh, I've been also doing 
uh, yoga and meditation. So this is this is my morning. Mm-hmm. If I can uh, summarize it to you, uh, whenever I'm mm-hmm. not, I do, whenever I don't have any morning jobs or whatever, not, I would always wake up. I would stretch. Oh no, no, no. I would put up, mm-hmm. put on a good music to help me wake up. Mm-hmm. Well, it could sometimes it could be just instrumental or it could be like a upbeat song whatever my mood feels on that day mm-hmm. i would stretch uh like um mean uh, like a beginner yoga kind of stretch because i use my body mm-hmm. a lot so i have to release also yoga really helps me to do that and uh after i stretch mm-hmm. i usually do like a mild workout to uh Whatever I feel that day, maybe I wanna focus on my abs or focus on my legs, mm-hmm. but just like a mini workout because I don't want to exhaust mm-hmm. myself. Yeah, um, yeah. Then after that, I would right after when you sweat, then I would do uh, meditation. I use this mm-hmm. app, space, and mm-hmm. I don't do it for too long. I usually just mm-hmm. do a minutes, just just to help myself feel centered. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um. Uh, it just makes me feel centered and makes me feel ready to, to tackle the day. You know. Uh, yeah. After, I, uh, if I'm not in a hurry after I meditate, I would either journal or read, and then after that, mm-hmm. I would feel like okay, I'm gonna shower, and that's when I feel like oh, I'm ready to conquer my day. Bring it on, world! You know, because <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I know that most of the time, like before I, I do this morning routine, if I wake up and then the first thing I see is my phone and I scroll down and, you know, you become reactive to your environment. And I don't want to be reactive. I want to be proactive. And that's why I try it's not true. to do wow. in the morning. I like yeah. I like that 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 thing you said. I don't want to be reactive, but I want to be proactive. You should put that on a T-shirt and then sell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your quote. It's your quote. Write it down to your journal. I I don't really, want to be reactive, but proactive. Different. It's crazy. I love I love it. <laughs> but you know I'm I agree with you, and actually I'm bad at doing it to myself. Okay, I've been trying not to hold on to my phone too much, but. Again, in the morning, uh, the first thing I hold is my phone because, you know, I will turn off the alarm. But then, yeah. you know, I'll just, I don't know. This is like my psychology. Like, I will open Twitter and I will open Instagram just but just for a while and then I put it back. And then normally I would just have some breakfast and usually my cat sleep with me. Actually, yeah. the first thing that I touch is my cat because, you know, they're <laughs> going to wake me up around 5 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning because, I don't know, cats wake up very early. And then, yeah, and you're, the thing about journaling is very good. Uh, actually, as a writer, maybe I should implement that. I used to have a journal, but then I don't journal so much. What I do is actually I make podcasts. <laughs> I mean, I like to just, like, talk, and the moment I talk, uh, my, my, my thoughts out loud, I know I will seem like a crazy person, but... <laughs> But it's like, kind of like, I, I like to verbalize my own, own thoughts recently. But before, I like to put it on the journal. But I don't know why when I go on my IG live, it used to be daily. But, you know, uh, now that I have this podcasting, 
sometimes I shift with writing and talking, writing, talking. But by talking, I feel like I crystallize my thoughts as well. Like, oh yeah, oh it makes sense because some thoughts inside of us they stay just inside, and we sometimes need to see it or need to hear it. Yeah. So that becomes some kind of like manifestation. I know I'm I'm very bad at manifest I'm manifesting. You know, <laughs> sometimes I feel like oh, does it work? Uh, by the way, I talk about manifestation on the earlier episode. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that is very interesting. All, yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, you were saying something? <laughs> Sorry, I cut oh, you. That I did Got to check out previous podcasts prior to this. Oh, what? And I'm oh, everyone else. What? <laughs> My podcast. I'm sorry. It's like the internet is kind of like breaking, so I couldn't hear you well. <laughs> sorry, listener. This happens. Um. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. I, I I do I do agree with you about writing and then you know putting your thoughts on paper or you know just saying it out loud. And if you, I actually tried the the app you recommended me, the Headspace, mm. and I yeah. use it. Uh, well, like the end of last year, I use it quite often, and they kind of help me with managing my anxiety, and then, you know, um, yeah, lots of other stuff. Uh, and I still have it with me. It's just that I, <laughs> I haven't been able to use it. But instead of meditation, I I like to go for a walk in the morning. Um, yeah, that's- so I think that that's that's kind of like okay, like. Um, That's like my substitute to meditation. I've been wanting to do morning walks, but honestly, I just Mm. don't know where to walk within my neighborhood because, (laughs) (laughs) because you know, in Jakarta, there's not really many. uh, Yeah, it's true. Pathwalk. What is it called? Pathwalk. Yeah, like pavement or pavement or like just like a sidewalk where you can just walk freely and you know without any motorbikers trying to cross you or something yeah but then i want to say that you you were mm. saying that yeah, as a writer you should write and blah 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 but now you feel like you're more uh uh what is it called you're more comfortable with talking and that's totally fine there's no uh mm. even like the habits that i have now they they might mm. they might suit me now but probably maybe in a year it will it would change and then and it's okay because we all go through phases uh we all yeah. grow and, and that doesn't mean anything in a negative sense uh, because sometimes mm-hmm. when it's change people think of it as, as as something negative but i don't see it that way it's it's like a process of change for mm-hmm. the better so don't feel bad if yeah. you don't write as much as you <laughs> used to and you prefer to talk more now it's totally fine it's it's your growth It's just you yeah. ev- evolving into something better. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I completely agree with, with you. Maybe I've been also kind of like a harsh on myself, you know, why you're supposed to write. But anyway, you know, I think uh, writing is not only limited to paper. Um, I mean, with this, this podcast, I need to craft like a like talking points before I ask my interviewer, my guest, uh, my, my interviewer, I am the interviewer. I mean, the <laughs> guest, so. like, I, <laughs> who's going to interview, interview me? Like nobody yet, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And 
actually like we've been talking almost like half an hour or more i think but before we're coming to an end we know that you are on the viral at the video so uh could you tell us again <laughs> i keep on asking you about your uh experience <laughs> first with indonesia and broadway and then my band and then now lati so how did you get involved in the the video and then it went viral and what happened after the video went viral do you have any opportunity does people recognize you something like that because it, it is really viral right yeah <laughs> I, i think i'm pretty surprised yeah. about it. so mm-hmm. we shot uh well the cho- the choreographer of the video is actually uh, a friend of mine we were we used to be in the same dance crew So uh, mm-hmm. when she got the job, she she was looking for dancers who really have this ethnic Indonesian look, you know, because the song mm-hmm. itself is very has uh, ethnical fusion. Like, yeah, it's Japanese, Japanese, yeah, Japanese, like so many gamelan and yeah. gamelan sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she asked me pretty last minute whether I could make it for the rehearsals and for the job, and. Uh, And at that time, I think the pandemic already started, so we the restrictions were there, and then my brother was also in the hospital at that time, so I was take care of him, and um, so mm-hmm. I I was really um, I was in in a real dilemma whether I should take the job or not because you know I have to balance a lot of stuff, but I don't know something in me told me that you know what you should you should you should do it. You should try it, and I was like, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So after we shot that, I think that was the last job that I did before started uh, to do self isolation. The quarantine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, seriously, after that uh, shot, uh, the the video shoot, I started to just stay in my room for like forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think two weeks later, the video. <laughs> was released and uh yeah mm-hmm. it slowly went to one million and even when it reached one million we celebrated like woohoo it reached one million yay good job <laughs> and later did you know like a month later it became few million and then now i think it's already in 85 million which is crazy and then 85 yeah wow crazy yeah and then a lot of there's a lot of reaction videos and it, it was just Yeah, and then, I watch uh, so many reaction video to Lati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then a lot of my friends and family also noticed, which I was quite surprised because mm-hmm. I was wearing like a very heavy makeup, uh, face makeup. Mm-hmm. So if you don't see, you probably won't recognize me. But I guess some people did, and then um, it's not real. Mm-hmm. And I just felt happy in a way that. Um, You know when there's a music video, usually um, only the singer, and then nothing wrong with that because obviously the song mm-hmm. is well, sung by the artist. But I like that. I like the fact that people uh, appreciated the dance, appreciated the makeup, appreciated the mm-hmm. uh, video setting, the lighting, and blah blah blah. So it really shows that every person in that production really gave their best. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's not just like oh yeah, just the singer, but it's like the whole team did a really great job from everything. So um, was pretty happy about that. Yeah, 
and then so does any strangers recognize you something like when you walk on the street or you know have you reached that <laughs> <of> fame <laughs> or maybe in internet you know oh this is the dancer from lati <laughs> no no not, not not really but there are one or few mm-hmm. i mean and definitely i mean within our dance community they i mean it's pretty mm-hmm. it's because it's, uh, everyone knows everyone but uh as in like um strangers wise no not really but yeah only very few but yeah Mm. There, there are a few, but, but not that many. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I know that you upload the behind the scene of Lati uh, shooting, yeah. the video shooting of a video, and it reaches like one million, right? The video. Yeah. Well, I think I was just like, oh, you know, maybe I was putting on and uh, putting up my dance online because you know quarantine you had nothing better to do so i started to edit my dance uh, <laughs> dance classes video on youtube and i was like oh maybe i should put a behind <laughs> and it wasn't like a proper it wasn't like properly shot it was just like a compilation of a bunch of phone footages that i took during the shooting and mm. yeah i guess people were interested to see what happened yeah <laughs> yeah I, and you know it's it's nice. I also watch the video like how do you time lapse the makeup process. It's very awesome, you know, from bare face into you know you wear that heavy, you know, like kind of like black eye makeup, and then yeah. you were dancing under the shower. <laughs> That was so <laughs> crazy. It was like oh my god, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. So props to you. Thank oh you. my god. So yeah, I think like we're about to close this interview. So before we close it, do you have any advice to young people or people our age who want to pursue their passion as a profession and not to be a quitter because you're not a quitter. <laughs> so do you have any advice? Um, I have a lot of advices. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. We can record until an hour. <laughs> well. <laughs> But the listener will be listening to us an hour <laughs> well for me i mean when it comes to dreams i think um i don't even know where to start probably uh for me my biggest my biggest um fear is not being able to live my life up to my fullest potential you know because i i know every person has mm-hmm. potential within themselves but it's really up to us yeah. uh it really it's really up to us how deep deep we want to dig mm-hmm. them how how much effort we want to put to you know mengasah all those potentials that we have within us and mm-hmm. not let fear get in the way of you doing the things that you know you're supposed to do you know and um and if you do and if you do uh decide to pursue whatever it is that you want to do it could be cooking it could be uh, shooting or whatever you want to do dancing writing whatever it is um uh, just have trust in yourself and have faith in god i think faith really is one of the factors that really really helped me along the way as well 
I knew that as long as I only had to do my best, I just had to make sure I work hard and do my best and just have faith that God will do the rest. I mean, I, I'm sure everyone has heard this. Heard it's at times of really deep depression. That's the only thing that uh, gave me the light, you know, just having the belief that, yes, I can do it. And don't worry. You don't have to, you don't have to succeed. You don't have to, mm-hmm. you don't have to reach this or that. You just have to do mm-hmm. your best. Honestly. Just live day by day knowing that you do the best. Because most of yeah. my anxiety attacks or my, my depressions comes from, comes from me thinking about the future. Like, oh, um, am I on the right path or am I going towards... Uh, will I reach that goal? Will I reach this, this, uh, this and that? But if you focus too much on the end goal, that's when I have most of my anxiety, uh, my anxiety. And you really just have to be present today and do your best, what you can do today. Uh, and sacrifices will have to be, obviously, uh, like. I know right now choosing this path, I am sacrificing a lot of the efforts that my parents have, or not efforts and aspirations that my uh, parents have put on me. And I may not make them proud right now, but I am defi- I'm trying to define success in my own uh, definition. Yeah. You know, I, I have to stop looking at what success is through the eyes of my parents, through the eyes of my friends, through the eyes of my yeah, brothers. Yeah. Because, because I'll, I can literally die just <laughs> if I, if I keep yeah. listening to this outside voices. They're so noisy. Like, Yeah, just, it's true. You have to really tune in into yourself and ask, what is best to you? I think that's, that's where you mm-hmm. should start. And that's where I did. Like wow. when I chose this path, I'm like, okay, what is what is success to you? Because, uh, one, I think one of the reasons why I didn't want to take this path earlier is because I still my perception of success it was still the the perception of my parents, of mm-hmm. you, know, you have to have this amount in the bank, you have to have this property, or you have mm-hmm. to this to be this high of a management level and all those kind of stuff and. You have to really ask within yourself, like, is that really what you want? Is that really what will make you happy? If you achieve that within 10 years of your life to reach that, will you be happy? Because, and if the answer is no, then you have to rethink, you have to reshuffle your brain and really dig deep, like, what what is it? What is it that you want to achieve in life? Because... Only you yourself can make yourself happy at the end of the day, you know. Your parents can make you happy. Your brothers or friends, they can't they they won't they they won't they can't make you happy and we're only responsible for our own happiness and so yeah. Just Yeah. <laughs> I think I think like I I'm I'm also reflecting when I hear you, you know, giving advice. So I'm like, mm, yes, yes. <laughs> so that is a very wholesome conversation I have with you today. 
Um, before we close, do you want to share your Instagram, your Twitter, your YouTube? You have a YouTube channel where you post your choreography. So maybe people who want to dance, learn basic choreography, they can view your YouTube channel. Uh, yes. Well, all my social media stuff are under the name of Ayu Gurnita, A-Y-U. Mm-hmm. Uh, you spell Gurnita, G-U-R-N-I-T-H-A. There's a silent H in there, Gita. Okay. You can find me anywhere with that name. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this, this conversation okay. long, longer than your previous podcast, but when you know, when you talk about dreams and stuff, it's I can talk and talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That is why we get along so well. And then, yeah, yeah, this is the only the condensed version of uh, <laughs> the regular conversation that we have. So, yeah, but we actually have a good length uh, for this episode. Maybe, maybe we have like about for 15 minutes, almost an hour. So that is good enough. And then if if that's not enough, then maybe you need to see Ayu Gurnita personally <laughs> or see me personally. Ah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, podcast, um, I hope, <laughs> be our friends, hey, <laughs> so, yeah, I think this has been great, I feel like, yeah, maybe we should do another episode, or uh, talking about something yeah. that is more specific, this is too general, to talk about dreams, like, we, uh, like, yeah. we can spend hours talking about it, but, again, thank you, Ayu, for, uh, spending your time with me in this podcast and sorry if I made a mistake especially the connection was you know was not good so <laughs> you got cut off uh, must be very annoying when you talk and you got cut off <laughs> oh yeah, my god good because <laughs> I, I know just the internet <laughs> okay then um Again, like, I hope you have a great day and then please uh, take care whenever you perform during this, you know, quarantine uh, time or, uh, you know, COVID time, I guess. Um, follow the protocols because I see you, like, you know, you, you keep on recording, performing in different TV stations. Yeah. It's good uh, to yeah. see you, you know, being able to dance again during this pandemic time, yeah. really. And yeah. <clears throat> anything maybe before we close you want to ask me or, you know, You wanna, uh, you wanna, I don't know. <laughs> uh, probably, I would say, uh, I just wanna say I'm proud to see you doing this podcast. Um, you're very brave. <laughs> Thanks. It. So, uh, don't stop. <laughs> yeah. That's small. Yeah. I'm sure this will take you to a place just like how you started um, what's it called uh, spoken poetry poetry yeah yeah start from a small community it's, it's... have a big community mm-hmm. and I'm sure that with this podcast you will do wonders as well so keep on I mean yeah. thank you so much and we should <laughs> yes we should talk maybe after we We end this call. We should like call each other. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that will be off the record. <laughs> off the record. Okay. Okay, girl. Off the record. okay, girl. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye bye. So that is the 
story about how a star is born. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And I hope you learn from our conversation. For me personally, I keep on learning uh, with the presence of my best friend, that is Ayu Gurnita. She is the kind of friend that doesn't hesitate when it comes to criticize me and support me. And I hope that you guys also circle yourself with friends for like that. And yeah, if you have any feedback or comments, feel free to write me on Instagram or Twitter. You can also drop your voice message in my Anchor page. That's it for now. So I hope that I can see you on the next episode. Goodbye and thank you for listening. Thank you.